0: Good morning. It's Friday, October 23rd. I'm Duarte Giraldino.
1: And I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them.
0: President Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden went head to head in their second presidential debate last night. 49 million people already voted. But still, In many ways, this debate served as a closing argument for both candidates.
1: It was a pretty straightforward, even substantive debate. There weren't a whole lot of interruptions or crosstalk. And a lot of the credit here goes to the moderator, Kristen Welker of NBC News, who kept things moving at a pretty fast pace. Chris Wallace, who moderated the first debate joked last night on Fox News. Well, first of all, I'm jealous. (laughs) I would have liked to have (laughs) been able to moderate that debate and to get a real exchange of views instead of uh, uh, hundreds of interruptions.
0: You know, Welker is only the second Black woman to moderate a presidential debate on her own. And she struck an amazingly delicate balance at once, allowing the candidates to respond to each other's arguments and also Being able to change gears at times very quickly to guide both men through a discussion about issues that are really central to America's future.
1: Yeah, they hit a lot of topics in 90 minutes, from immigration to climate change to racial justice to foreign policy. But it all started with the coronavirus. Welker asked both candidates to make the case to voters. Why should they trust you to handle the pandemic going forward? Joe Biden said the president didn't and still doesn't have a solid plan to address the pandemic that's now claimed over 220,000 lives in the U.S. Anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America.
0: For his part, President Trump framed the pandemic as a disaster bigger than any single administration or nation could completely eliminate. Instead... He appeared to be looking forward to a vaccine, which he said would be available a lot faster than many experts claim, despite offering no evidence to substantiate his promise.
1: We have a vaccine that's coming. It's ready. It's going to be announced within weeks and it's going to be delivered. We have. uh, As both candidates pivoted from topic to topic, when it came to specifics, questions about policy, what the next four years might look like, we saw some patterns start to emerge. President Trump frequently attempted to frame Biden's long experience in government as a liability rather than an asset. He said Biden was ineffective in his eight years as vice president under Barack Obama. See, it's all talk, no action with these politicians. Why didn't he get it? That's what I'm going to do when I become president. You were vice president along with Obama as your president, your leader, for
0: eight years. Why didn't you get it done? Yet eight years ago. Biden get done. was mostly now calm and kept hammering through this idea that this election is more than just about policy arguments. It's about restoring a sense of competence and character to the White House.
1: What is on the ballot here is the character of this country decency, honor, respect, treating people with dignity, making sure that everyone has an even chance. Presidential fact checker Daniel Dale of CNN said while President Trump gave a more buttoned up performance this time around, he still lied more than Biden did. Dale called Trump's performance, quote, a bombardment of dishonesty.
0: One of the more sobering parts of this debate was when Joe Biden acknowledged mistakes he made during his long career in government. For example, when it came to immigration policies, Biden made it clear he regrets that he and President Obama couldn't pass meaningful immigration reform, and he blamed that lack of progress on partisan gridlock. But here's the thing, that type of gridlock is not likely to go away if Biden wins in November. For more complete coverage of last night's debate, go to the Apple News app and check out our spotlight collection.
1: Despite the turnout, this election is ultimately all going to come down to the electoral map. And it can get kind of messy. As we know, each state carries a number of electoral votes, adding up to 538 in total. The next president would need to get a majority. That's at least 270 electoral votes to be declared the winner. So what does a path to victory look like for Trump? And what does it look like for Biden? Let's take a look at the electoral math.
0: So Biden has the mathematical advantage here. That's according to the Wall Street Journal's review of ratings by several nonpartisan analysts. Their calculus shows 226 electoral votes seem, quote, safe or likely to go in Biden's favor. The same analysts say 125 electoral votes seem safely in the Trump camp. Now, the way the journal sees it, Biden has more ways to combine different states to get the number of votes he needs to win. For Trump to win again, on the other hand, He has to take the same states he won in 2016, plus a few toss ups.
1: Now, in 2016, Donald Trump won 306 electoral votes, which means he could lose 36 electoral votes this time around and still hit that magic number of 270. Now, a couple things really went right for him in 2016. One was winning Florida, the other was his breaking the so called blue wall that's Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. All of those states had voted for Obama and were seen as likely to vote for Hillary Clinton in 2016. But Trump won them with razor-thin margins. I'm talking thousands of votes. So if Biden can reclaim that blue wall, it's one of his most likely paths to victory. Together, they account for 46 electoral votes. Other states that are seen as possibly within reach for Biden—Arizona, North Carolina, and Florida— if he wins one or more of these states, he can afford to lose at least one of those blue wall states.
0: Trump's most likely path to victory goes straight through the Sunshine State. Now, without Florida, he has far fewer ways to win. But even with it, Shamita, he still needs to win a couple of key battleground states. Mm-hmm. Box cites six swing states as the most crucial to watch. First, we got the blue wall you just mentioned, you know, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Then we have Arizona, Florida, and North Carolina, these are the states most likely to decide the outcome of this election. Trump won all six of these states in 2016, but now they're up for grabs. And both campaigns know it. NPR reports 85 percent of money on TV ads is being spent in these battleground states.
1: Okay, let's venture out into the less likely but still possible path to victory for Biden. Some of his long shot states are Ohio, Iowa, and in even more of a stretch, Georgia and Texas. Trump won all of them in 2016 and he needs them all again in 2020. The polling analysis site 538, whose name suddenly makes sense to you now, right? 538. It explains Biden doesn't need to win these states. He can win without them. Again, that's only if he can rebuild that blue wall. But let's say Biden wins even one of these four long shot states. Trump's path to victory gets way more difficult if he does that. And listen, a strong Democratic surge in any of those states, even if it doesn't impact the Electoral College, it could still have an effect down the ballot. It could help Democrats flip House seats or maybe even give Democrats 53 or 54 Senate seats.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a very interesting race. 538 has an interactive map where you can explore the different pathways to victory for each candidate. You can find a link to it on our show notes page, along with our elections hub. That's where you can stay up to date in these final days of the 2020 election.
1: Listen, rest up, have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you again on Monday.